0: Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Friends, Father Frank Pavone here, National Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to Praying for America. We have Christians and patriots gathered together here from all around the country, all around the world. Great to be with you again on this National Voter Registration Day. Did you know that that's what today is? Well, even if you didn't, it's not too late to take part in an effort to register the nearly one in four eligible Americans who are not yet registered to vote. It shouldn't be that high, but according to data from the 2020 census, One in four Americans who are eligible to vote haven't yet registered, and we're going to talk a little bit about that tonight, and I want to encourage you to take some steps to uh, bring those numbers down, and I want to share with you a number of other reflections on things that have been going on in the Uh, political news and uh, as always looking at this from in the light of the word of god we'll start with that we'll go to some scripture right now and i want to pray for your intentions too so during the comments as we always invite you to do you can leave indication of how we can pray for you let's do that together as we pray for this great nation the passage i want to share with you tonight is from matthew 22 it's the parable of the wedding banquet starting in verse 1 Let's read. Jesus spoke to them again in parables, saying, "The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. Then he sent some more servants and said, 'Tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fattened cattle have been butchered, and everything is ready.'" Go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, both good and bad, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. Friend, he asked, how did you get in here without wedding clothes? The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, Tie him hand and foot, and throw him outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen. Let us pray. Lord, you invite us to the wedding banquet of you and your people, of Christ the bridegroom and his church the bride. We are the people the Lord has chosen to be his own. We are your prized possession, your special inheritance, a holy nation. God, you have made us for yourselves. You have made us your people. You, our one and only God. We thank you and we praise you that you have given us this call and you have given us this wedding banquet and that you are even more intimate with your own people than a spouse is with a spouse. We thank you, Lord God, for this new life, this sharing in your very nature that we are called to live. May we be prepared for this banquet. May we have on the wedding clothing that you also have prepared for us. May we be diligent each day in the preparations we need to make to live as citizens of your kingdom may we be filled with the virtue of prudence and diligence in doing the things that need to be done to welcome you and to live as your sons and daughters in doing this lord god may we be part of a renewal a revival a resurgence of holiness and and in doing so as citizens of your kingdom may we enrich the united states of america of which we are also citizens, and make this nation great again. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, you know, you reflect on that particular verse. Did, did, did you ever think in the terms of this passage here of the wedding banquet, on the one hand, the Lord is saying, go out and get, bring everybody in. He's just saying to the servants, just stand on the street corner and invite them all in. So you think, well, gee, you know, it wouldn't be surprising then that somebody there who comes in at this just apparently indiscriminate invitation, it's not surprising that somebody would get in there who's not properly prepared. And yet the Lord has that strong expectation, doesn't he? And, and and this is the proper balance in understanding the word of God. And we see this balance so often lost where, yes, the invitation is broad. The invitation is urgent. God is a jealous God. You know what that means. He wants our hearts, our minds, our souls fixed on him. He wants to be our first desire. He wants to be our first loyalty. He wants to be our only God. He's jealous in the sense that if he sees our hearts going astray to serve other gods, he reacts to that. He doesn't want that. He says, no, 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 no. Come to me. And he gets our attention in various different ways. I, the Lord, am your God, is the first commandment. You shall not have other gods besides me. So this is why the invitation is so urgent and it's so widespread. He says, I want you to come to my wedding feast. Don't go off to your own fields and to your own pursuits and this and that and the other thing, the things that would distract you from my kingdom. Come to my wedding feast. Certainly don't go to some other wedding feast. Don't ally yourselves with other gods. Remember when he brought his people into the promised land, he said, don't mingle with the nations. They have other gods. They have false gods. They're not the people of the covenant. They don't know what pleases the Lord. Don't get mixed up with them because you're going to end up doing evil things and In violating the covenant, you're going to put yourselves in danger. Well, that's exactly what happened, right? The people sinned. They went off and they they mingled with the nations. They followed their practices. They sacrificed their sons and daughters. The bloodshed filled the land, just like it's filling our land by abortion. And because of this, there was the exile. And God sent the Assyrians in and the Babylonians in and took away the people. Ended up burning the holy city and the temple. They brought ruin upon themselves by not taking into sufficient account that God is a jealous God. Keep my covenant. Come to my wedding feast. So the point is this. The invitation is wide open and urgent, but that doesn't in any way take away the need to be prepared when you come to that wedding feast. When you make the decision to accept the invitation, you better get those wedding garments on. Otherwise, look at the consequences here. This merciful and forgiving and gentle Jesus says this person has to be bound hand and foot and thrown out into the outer darkness where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. You know, one preacher was preaching about this one Sunday and the story goes, elderly gentleman in the front row, interrupted the sermon. The pastor was saying, there will be weeping and grinding of teeth. And the old the old gentleman says, pastor, pastor, pastor. And the pastor says, yes, sir. What about us who ain't got no teeth? And the pastor looks at him and he says, brother, on that day, teeth will be provided. And Jesus says this more than once in the Gospels, that there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. There will be angry self-recrimination and disappointment. Why? In other words, there will be the sense, the question arising in the heart, why did I not take the opportunity when I had it? Well, brothers and sisters, we have it. America has it. We've got the opportunity now to put on the wedding garment. To be properly dressed, properly prepared, properly adorned, properly situated in mind and heart and behavior, to live as sons and daughters of the king, to take part in the great wedding feast, to do and to be what is right. Now, let's apply that to some things. First of all, let's apply it to what I started out by saying. It is today... National Voter Registration Day. Now, there are various observances in regard to voter registration. There are Voter Registration Sundays. We've sponsored some of those ourselves at Priests for Life, inviting the churches to register voters. It's an easy thing to do. It's no big secret to it. Get the voter registration forms, put them on a table, invite people to fill them out and take them and bring them, send them into to the, the Board of Elections, or sometimes you can get Commissioned by the Board of Elections to gather them yourselves. Just make sure you're following all the local rules. And, and again, just visit your Board of Elections and find out exactly what, what needs to be done. Get the voter registration forms from them. You can also uh, use the National Voter Registration Form that you can download and, and print uh, out uh, online. And um, we've got links to all of this, by the way, at our main election site, ProLifeVote.com. So there are many different observances and days designated. to. It's all meant for the same thing. Raising awareness of the need to register voters. The, the And this is a twofold need. One, to make sure we're registered ourselves and that our voter registration is up to date. And two, to do as much as possible to get others registered, to give them the opportunity to do so. You know, in these days, there are a lot of different events going on, fall banquets and conferences of all different types, special gatherings, talks being given, maybe Christian music concerts. Why not have voter registration at all these events? We know we're being gathered with like-minded people. It's an opportunity. The door is still open. Have voter registration tables set up. Again, talk to your Board of Elections. Find out any kind of special norms you have to have in mind and do it. If you're organizing an event this fall, if you're involved in an event and you know the organizers, talk about having a little voter registration table there. This is so important. Now. You may be registered to vote, but you know what we want to encourage you to do, and we've said it many times before: check your voter registration. And we've had we've set up a special website. It actually goes to the National Association of Secretaries of State, and that's one of the groups that has endorsed this National Voter Registration Day. Uh, and you go to checkyourvoterregistration.com, and you just enter in your your state and then your, you know, name and address, and make sure that your your record in the voter files of your state is what it should be, that it's up to date. It'll tell you right then and there. And then you can either be assured that it's up to date or you can fix what needs to be fixed. Somebody changes address. Sometimes they don't think of, you know, contacting their board of elections to tell them that they changed address. This is so important because the deadlines for voter registration in these midterm elections are fast approaching. I have a list here of 16 states that within the next three weeks will be closing the door to voter registration. All right, there's a timetable here. And isn't this what we, what we learn from the Gospels? The reason I read that passage tonight is that it comes out very clearly in many ways in the Gospels that eventually time runs out and that we've got to be prepared and diligent and responsive in the work God gives us to do in this world. So this translates in a very basic way when it comes to voter registration. The doors are going to be closing pretty soon. Let me read some of these specific states and dates. In the next three weeks, the following states reach their deadline. So after these dates in these particular states... You can no longer register to vote in the general election of November 8th, so you got to act soon. The first one is Rhode Island. Voter registration closes on the second day of October. Well, that's coming up two more weeks. Rhode Island, October 2nd. Now, the following states, just about a week later, October 8th, close voter registration. South Carolina, Idaho. October 9th, Alaska and Arkansas. The following states finish voter registration on October 10th: Kentucky, Mississippi, New Mexico. October 11th. Here are the states that finish voter registration, and some of these have some very key Senate state, Senate races: Ohio, Florida, Georgia. There's three big Senate races right there: Illinois, Indiana, Arizona, big, big races there, governor and Senate, Tennessee and Texas, all close voter registration on October 11th. Now, you can find these dates and the dates for all 50 states at stateelectioncalendar.org. You know, you come to these, watch these programs, you know, have your Bible there, have your prayer intentions there. But, friends, have a little pad and paper there, too, to the take down. We give you a lot of information on these programs, and uh, you'll be well-equipped. You listen to these programs with us every night and praying for America. You're going to be among the most well-equipped patriots uh, in the country to, to to deal with the elections and to deal with a lot of stuff that's going on uh, in the in the news. Voter registration day today, but, you know, doesn't have to be today and in the coming days, in the coming weeks. Take action. Check your own voter registration. Get others to do so. Check your voter registration.com. Then go to stateelectioncalendar.org. Look at these dates. Mark your calendar. You're in these states. You know people in these states. Remind them. Act before the deadline comes. And that'll be very, very helpful. Okay. I said, and, and, and as many as one in four eligible Americans are not registered to vote. That that is a statistic that uh, we need to be aware of and we need to work to change. second thing I want to let you know about, the new piece of legislation that's been introduced. Now, we've talked on this program. We've had the uh, opportunity to interview some people who are working hard in the pregnancy center movement, helping to provide every single day all around the country alternatives to abortion to moms and dads who feel they can't handle uh, a child, uh, can't handle a pregnancy. They want to avoid uh, the temptation of of abortion. They want to avoid that act of violence. So they have to turn to somebody for help, and the pregnancy centers are there to help. I help them out myself. Uh, Our ministry works with them hand in hand. But since Roe v. Wade was overturned by the Supreme Court, And states now are doing much more to protect the unborn. Just this past Friday, West Virginia uh, put a law into effect. The governor signed it, protecting babies in the womb right from the beginning of their lives. The day before that, last Thursday, Indiana's Pro-life laws providing more protection for the unborn went into effect. Every day, practically, more protections are being put in place because now the court said, we're not going to stand in your way, American citizens, you and your lawmakers. We're not going to stand in your way if you want to protect these little children. Ever since this happened, the radical left, who among so many other radical policies, want unlimited late-term abortion... Right up to birth, President Trump has spoken out against this many times and has called on Congress to act to end late-term abortion. Well, friends, the point here is the other side has attacked the pregnancy centers. Instead of trying to make their case persuasively to the public, no, they've turned to violence, whether it's in the form of graffiti or whether it's in the form of firebombs. Um, over 70 acts of violence have been documented and many more have actually occurred just since May when the leak of what became the Dobbs decision came out and and became public and the other side just went went crazy and they promised more violence against people who are doing nothing other than reaching out to moms and dads in need and saying come to us we're going to help you To have this baby. We're going to help you to be parents. We're going to help you if you want to make an adoption plan. We're going to help you realize that things are not as bad as you might be tempted to think. We're going to help you realize you can carry on your education, your career while having that baby. Okay. So we know this violence has taken place. More of it is taking place. So uh, we have had already 28 members of Congress sign on as co-sponsors to a bill that uh, Congress uh, Congresswoman Kathy McMorris Rogers, Republican of Washington State, and Chris Smith of New Jersey, have introduced today, and it's called the Protect Pregnancy Care Centers Act of 2022. It would require the Biden administration to publicly disclose. Now, listen to this, because you know how you know secretive they like to be is requiring them to publicly disclose how they are handling the investigation and prosecution of violent extremists who attack these pregnancy centers. There's about 3,000 of them around the country. And the Biden administration, it's like, what are they doing to protect these centers that are trying to protect children and serve their moms and dads? What are they doing? We need to ensure the safety and security of these centers. So new legislation, you might want to talk to your member of Congress about it. It's called the Protect Pregnancy Care Centers Act of 2022. All right, I want to go into prayer, but one more thing I want to comment on. You know, we took that scripture tonight, the wedding banquet, and and we saw the Lord wants to invite everybody in. And yet when he saw someone that wasn't properly dressed, he threw them out. Everyone is welcome in the church, but we're not invited to create our own gospel. We have to be properly in wedding attire. In other words, we've got to change. We've got to take on that new life in Christ. We've got to abandon sin, abandon false ideas that might have shaped our lives in the past and embrace virtue and truth, and become like the God that we call Father. It gets translated in how our country handles immigration, which, as we know, is one of the big uh, factors in this election. You see what the left is doing. Well, it's destroying the country because it's destroying the border. We don't have any effective border anymore, and this is a global phenomenon, And I'll be giving you, uh, during the course of the week, uh, more more, uh, statistics on this. And it's not just a question of, oh, we want everybody to come to the banquet, oh, come to America. Yeah, we want immigration. We want it to be legal. We want people to come to the wedding feast, but we want them to have the proper wedding attire. In other words, follow the law. Respect the country you're coming into. Respect the policies of it. Follow the law. Enforce the law. Respect those who enforce the law. Why? Because that's caring about the people that are here already, first of all. Your family, your friends, your children. That's caring about the people who are already here. And it's helping protect the people that want to come here. Those who are doing it the right way should be treated right and treated fairly. And not let others who are trying to ram their way in and don't respect our laws cut the line, make things more difficult for others, and make things more dangerous for themselves. Make things more dangerous for themselves. Brothers and sisters, I mention all this because there was a video I saw the other day of... um, Catholic Charities of Washington, D.C. So, you know, now we've got... And by the way, I was just the other night with the lieutenant governor of Texas, and uh, you know what Texas has been doing, um, as well as Florida, busing and flying these uh, these illegal immigrants that are coming in, pushing their way into the country, um, to sending them to other cities, right, where you've got these uh, left-wing uh, complainers about... Uh, about all of this and uh uh, they don't want these people at their doorstep they don't mind if they put them at the doorstep of all the border towns and overwhelm states like texas but put them in washington dc you know and all of a sudden uh you've got the, the mayor going crazy okay so you had a representative of catholic charities of the washington archdiocese catholic archdiocese of washington and catholic charities you know, is helping these these immigrants who have suddenly arrived at the doorstep of uh, the Washington elites. They're helping them, okay, fine. But it was an odd thing because there were media there asking, you know, what's going on? And they were asking all sorts of very legitimate questions, and they wanted to, To let these people speak for themselves, and you had the representative of Catholic Charities standing there and saying, well, you know, we're giving them their space, and they're downstairs now, and they're eating, but, you know, after they've rested a while, we'll ask them if they want to speak to the media. And, you know, I got the impression in this, this whole exchange between the media personnel and the representative of Catholic Charities, you get the clear impression that she's putting herself between the media and these people who have just barged into the country and it's like wait a second who are you they just took it upon themselves at tremendous risk they've just taken it upon themselves to walk on into our country and you know what? They want to behave that way? Don't, well, don't pamper them. Help them in any reasonable way you can? Yes. But what is this? Oh, well, you know, we're giving them some space. Who are you? They want to speak to the media? Let them speak. They're not children. For goodness sake. They, they 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 don't seem to have any problem just, you know, putting themselves and others at risk, come walking into the country. I don't care what way to do it, I'm just gonna go in there. Open door policy under Biden. And then they treat them like, you know, I mean, see, we have to be very careful here. There's, there's a lot going on here between some of these organizations that are like comfy cozy with the Biden administration. And, uh, you know, in the name of treating people well, well, that's one thing. But stop being, let's stop creating this like false artificial, Oh, we're giving them some space as if there's some kind of uh, children entrusted to your care. Okay, that's all I want to say right now about that. Let's go back into prayer, friends, and we'll have a lot more for you tomorrow night. Uh, Father, we thank you for uh, helping us to be aware of how to prepare for your kingdom. Uh, our, our nation is blessed by so many believers In its midst, so many, starting with our founders, who knew that they have dual citizenship, citizenship in these United States and citizenship in the kingdom of God. May we live worthily, Lord, both of those aspects of our vocations. And may we take active part in the life of our nation by obeying and enforcing its laws, by registering and voting, and by bearing witness to your truth. We sum up all our prayers, especially the needs of all those who have put their intentions in the comments tonight, and we offer the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Friends, stay connected with me on social media at fr Frank Pavone and with Right Side Broadcasting at RSB Network. Let's continue connecting and encouraging one another and remember what President Trump always tells us. We're part of the greatest political movement in American history. It's true. And this country doesn't belong to the radicals who are trying to destroy it. It belongs to you. So let's act that way And let's be convinced, as always, that America's greatest days are yet to come. God bless you all. Talk to you tomorrow. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.